Ultimately, everything kind of boils down to one question. What's the fucking point? So, let's talk about it. I'm your host, Valerie Martin, and this podcast brings a little levity and a lot of curiosity to some of the biggest questions and ideas that us meager humans can ponder. Join me and our guests each week as we dig into topics around consciousness, spirituality, psychology, and philosophy, all with a healthy dose of existential angst. And now, today's episode. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast for episode number 13. I am recording this intro on Tuesday morning, the day this podcast is being released out into the world. As I'm walking through the beautiful woods of Issaquah, Washington, and it's just like Moss Central, which some of y'all know I'm obsessed with moss, probably need to do a whole episode on it, but it is stunningly beautiful out here. Um, And I'm here for a training in heart-centered hypnotherapy at the Wellness Institute. Today is the last of six days. And at the risk of sounding completely cliche, it has been so life-changing. I mean, it really has. I have gained as much for my own healing that I sort of didn't even know that I needed in some ways to what I have gained professionally that I am so, so excited to take back and help other people heal in this really deep way. And if you're like, really hypnotherapy, what the fuck, you've gone off the deep end this time, (laughs) listen to the episode because it really is a perfect episode to introduce to you my newfound love of hypnotherapy because the guest today is my new friend, Dr. Allison Devers. So Allison is one of the many people that I connected with here and we have a group of about 20 and it's... I mean, the connections, as you can imagine, when you're spending every waking hour with people um, for six days, they go pretty deep, pretty fast. And especially when you're doing this kind of of really deep work with people, personal work. So um, Allison is incredible. She is, um, as I think I mentioned in the, the show notes, she is a unicorn because I don't think I've ever met a traditionally trained medical doctor who has all of the interest in the metaphysical, the spiritual, and and all of that is grounded in her, in science, and, and she's, you'll hear in the interview, I don't need to tell you. I will read you her bio. Dr. Allison Devers has always been drawn to healing work. She first trained and worked in the conventional medical world, then frustrated by how little this had to offer conditions like chronic pain, chronic fatigue, and other difficult-to-treat medical problems. She became an integrative functional med- medicine practitioner using nutrition, gut healing, and treating inflammation. This helped improve their symptoms maybe about 60%, but didn't get them all the way better. It was in the study and practice of the subconscious state where she found that the, that was really key to deep healing. She now spends her time teaching others how to access the subconscious state in workshops and through her writing. Dr. Devers sees patients in one-on-one sessions using powerful subconscious tools such as hypnotherapy and mind-body medicine to help people heal and transform themselves. She has a passion for the intersection of the subconscious state the metaphysical, spirituality, and healing. 
Allison lives and practices in the San Francisco area where she enjoys hiking in the redwoods and taking her dog Frankie to Stinson Beach. So that's a little about Allison and she is, you're just going to love her. I know you will. And I really could have talked with her. I mean, I've talked with her many hours over the past six days, but I could have interviewed her for hours. Um, And since we were, we've been kind of doing our own work, we didn't plan a lot for this for this conversation. So it is pretty organic, though there's some really, really good bits in there, things that you will definitely be able to take away and try for yourself. Or as you'll hear me in the interview, maybe have your mind blown a little bit and want to do some research. So um, yeah, but I will definitely be bringing her back as a repeat guest, um, certainly when her book comes out and probably before then too, because she's just got so much wisdom to share and is, I feel like, a pretty rare bird that we don't get to to uh, hear from people who have that kind of grounding in science and medicine um, and the sort of spiritual and metaphysical piece as well and subconscious. Um, one of the other things that I brought up in a very like awkward, clunky way during the interview, and, and that's because I'm still sort of navigating this issue for myself, is how especially as a quote spiritual white woman there's all the you know there's a lot of talk like especially in the instagram world about and you guys heard me talk about this on the podcast before but how as these people in this position of privilege and like claiming to be interested in in spirituality growth healing transformation saving the planet all the things like how does that intersect and because i honor all of the incredible work that can happen at the individual level and in these small groups but then it's still figuring out how do we both take that healing out into the world to help others heal to reduce the overall pain and suffering in the world um, and of the world and also how do we use our platforms for speaking out about these issues, for speaking out about white supremacy and mass incarceration and sex trafficking and and the you know just the the rape and pillage of our planet that there's all of these things that um, I don't see it's like a it's like a split like there are a lot of people who are in the spiritual growth transformation space who don't really talk to those issues and don't use their platforms for that. And there are people who do. And so more and more, I'm just being sort of drawn away from the people who are not using their platforms to talk about those issues in addition to whatever work that they might be doing. Um, you know, sure, it's great. Donate money, but also use your platform. And and that I, that helped. I was talking with this yesterday with another a person here at the training who, oh my gosh, wonderful, already a soul sister, um, Alicia Sunflower, and she is here in the Seattle area and uh, has her own podcast that I now have to check out. I think she said they just have one episode so far called Cultural Magic, but um, definitely going to swap interviews with her. So you'll probably hear Alicia on the show, but she helped me to articulate that of um that's part of what bothers me that even if I know you might be doing some good things, if you're not using your platform to acknowledge these issues, then you're part of the problem. So because all the white silence is violence and, and we need to give a voice for the voiceless, not, not saying that, that 
you know, people who are black or indigenous or voiceless, but like animals, for instance, any, anyone who, who needs people in historically positions of more power, if we're not willing to speak up, if we're leaving that to the people who have been historically oppressed, it's pretty fucked up guys. So, um, and then, so yeah, so I feel like there's been a lot of talk here about, your own healing expands you and then you bring the more that you expand your own light you're bringing more light into the world completely agree and I think I was you'll may even notice me in the interview I sort of mock that a little bit because I struggle with it and I feel like that's that's the piece that was missing is that is 100% true that healing starts in our own hearts and and that light and love isn't necessarily going to feed starving children or fix our gun issues. And it's not necessarily enough if you're also not using your platform to speak truth to power. So that's the message that I really want to get across that I'm still fumbling around. So forgive me as I'm navigating all of that. I think you guys get it because I think a lot of you are navigating it too. Um, And as far as the expanding the healing part. Um, there is a trainer who is here with us, a therapist and trainer in this modality, who is here with us for just a little bit. And he's based in, now I'm going to forget Tupelo, Mississippi. Is that right? Yeah. One of those M states, right? Missouri. I don't know. They all blend together. <laughs> I sound so ignorant. Um, give myself some grace right now. But he, so he was talking about Michael Malone. He said, if the message is really like, okay, if I take you on as an apprentice, as a, as a colleague, as a client even, what are you going to do with that energy? If it's going to stop with you, I'm not interested. I'm not interested in stagnant pools. I'm interested in the river. And I thought that was such a beautiful way. And that he talked about how the different ways that he has evolved his own practice over the years and that he only does his in-person sessions a certain way and that he makes hypnotherapy available to a broader variety of people or broader access um, by having more affordable online coaching sessions and by having his website elevatingthesoul.com I believe is what it was where he's got videos and all kinds of resources at a much lower price point. So anyway, there's all kinds of ways that we can, sorry, I'm like walking uphill now (laughs) on the struggle bus. So um, I think that's all I want to say. I know it was a little rambly, but I think there were some really important points in there. And I just, oh, and also if you're into the chakra stuff, I do have, if you search back in the archives for this podcast, You'll find some episodes of my old podcast that I did with dietitian Lauren Fowler. There are a number on the chakras. So if you're interested in this episode, you'll probably like those. All right. Without further ado, Dr. Allison Devers. So we just met like, what, three days ago? Yeah. Four, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I feel like I've known you for so long. That's <laughs> what happens when you're forced to spend like every waking moment together mm-hmm. for that long. But it's, I mean, it really is. Like, I'll probably say things in the intro that will make you blush because it has been, like, (laughs) such a gift. I mean, I really feel like, you know, whatever spiritual forces are at work that, like, sort of created our little little happiness room because our our room, 
at this um, <laughs> training that we're at is called the happiness room. Literally. Yeah. Um, and aside room. from like some snoring, which is not you, so I don't have to, no, I don't have to call you out on that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, it is the happiness room. <laughs> yeah. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And, and Allison is also my, um, I just made up this term, fairy card mother. Okay. <laughs> Teaching me a lot about the tarot in the past few days, and I've actually given some readings to other people, which is a new thing. So thank you. Did you so well. Yeah, thank you for encouraging mm-hmm. me on that. It's It's been really awesome. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I'm sure that we'll get some into... I feel like it's important almost to say a little bit about the space that we're in, because you mentioned a few minutes ago that, like, we've basically been in trance for a lot of the past few days, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, I feel like myself, but at the same time, something is different. Like, it's noticeably different. So I don't know, like, how are you feeling as opposed to, like, normal at-home, Allison? How are you feeling right now? Uh, yeah, I think that trance state and we've been in and out of it for... This is our... I'm even losing track of days. So that tells you something right there. Um, But being in and out of the trance state and and spending so much time with heart opening and sort of dropping into that connected oneness feeling, it's it's an altered state. I mean, it's great. Yeah. It's great. It's not so good for, you know, doing left brain stuff. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but so yeah, I do feel a little maybe foggy headed, but in a, in a wonderful way. Yeah. And I know a little bit about, but I'm sure I'll learn more in asking you this question of what brought you to this in particular, like why at this point in, in your, in your life and in your practice, are you like, I'm going to go and do a hypnotherapy training? Yeah. Well, um, I've, been in hypnotherapy for the past four years and benefited from it a lot and also or kind of in tandem with that have in my medical practice evolved from starting with conventional medicine and then learning functional medicine which is a type of integrative medicine and seeing that functional medicine helps patients with chronic disease, chronic pain, chronic fatigue, etc. a lot, but it still doesn't, you know, it's not the entire answer, you know, people still are suffering, especially um, illnesses that are difficult to diagnose and difficult to treat, and conventional medicine says there's nothing wrong with you, mm-hmm. and I really felt like getting at the subconscious is where it's at, you know, peop- a lot of people with chronic pain, chronic illness, have some deep, deep issues that need to be worked through. And if they do so, it's going to benefit not just their health and their symptoms, but their, their lives, you know? And so I've seen that in my own self and I've, um, I, I have a strong belief that, that that's going to help my patients and and so I wanted to do this training to Mm -hmm. bring that to my private practice and yeah start doing that with patients yeah and and I know you spoke to this earlier and and I want to have you kind of repeat some of that here about like 
the like you were saying where they might go to a conventional doctor and sort of just be like oh i don't know what to do with you because there's no there's no medical or like organic physical cause that we can find for your symptoms right so the message that they might hear is sort of the shaming one of like well they're just telling me that i'm making it up it's all in my head and they don't know what to do with me so they just kind of put me off right your and labs and studies yeah, are all normal right and there's nothing wrong with you yeah so then what would you what would you how would you kind of speak to a patient about that well, um, I mean, even with functional medicine, because I see a lot of those patients in my functional medicine mm-hmm. practice, and with functional medicine, you can always find something, right? Um, there's always, it, functional medicine, so for those of you who don't know, it's it's kind of how naturopaths practice, but it's a training for MDs or mm-hmm. DOs. Um, and so there's always... You know, basically, we we treat the gut, we treat the um, uh, imbalances in the gut and the immune system and make changes with nutrition and um, nutrient um, deficiencies and um, maybe toxin overload, things like this. So there's there's always things you can do with that. But like I said, there's there's a limit to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so. I think I would, you know, try some of those things on patients, at least make sure they're, um, they're eating a good, healthy diet right. and sort of, but bring up the idea that maybe there is a, a deeper subconscious component to this. And would you like to look at that? Mm-hmm. Would you like to try and work with that in, for example, hypnotherapy? Yeah. Yeah, and I guess I'll also just sort of give a definition of hypnotherapy um, for anyone listening who, like, is thinking about the either the, the Catherine Keener's character in Get Out or um, any of the sort of the old school, like, stage show hypnotists that are, like, having you, like, was mentioned on day one of our training, like, am I going to be clucking like a chicken? And, and so obviously there are... Um, different sort of myths or preconceptions in there out in the the culture about what hypnotherapy is and sort of what we're learning here and the way that this particular um sort of framework of hypnotherapy is taught is there's sort of there's hypnosis which is basically just getting someone into a hypnotic trance hypnotic state and a hypnotic state is just a relaxed state so they'll say that even prayer or meditation like some of these states where you're feeling really relaxed or even daydreaming, that that is an example of a hypnotic state. And so by taking someone into that state and doing the therapy work, the healing work within that state, you're able to access beyond sort of the prefrontal cortex, conscious mind, um, and get into that deeper level, which what I always say to my clients when I'm doing EMDR work with them, because there's a lot of parallels between what happens in the bilateral stimulation of EMDR and what happens in the hypnotic trance is you can know all day long in your, in your conscious mind, in your prefrontal cortex, like, yeah, 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 I'm enough. I have the skills I have, you know, I'm good enough. I'm lovable. I get it. Like I know all of that up here in my grown-up conscious mind, but if you don't feel that, if there's anything sort of residual in your I'm pointing to my heart, in your heart, in your emotions that where that's not resonating, then you're not necessarily going to live your life that way because our subconscious is such a powerful driver of our behaviors. So, 
And until we're, what, six years old, we're basically recording devices. So all the messages we received at the, at, in those ages is in our subconscious as yeah. truth. Yeah. You know, so if you hear the message, oh, you could do better. That's interpreted as you could do better. Yeah. <laughs> Not, you know, we don't right. get those subtleties where um, our brains aren't evolved yet at that age. And yeah. Hearing that too framed that way just yesterday, I think, or maybe earlier today, it all blends together, right? Mm -hmm. It's that was that was really um, significant for me because I, you know, it's like sure I always say that. Well, when you're a little kid and you're like this high off the ground, that's when your operating system is sort of getting installed. That's when all your you're learning like who you are in the world and who's am I okay? Are you okay? And what's my place in the world? Like you're taking all of that in and you don't certainly have the tools or the critical awareness that a grown up does. But, but phrasing it in that way of like a kid essentially is in such a state of, res- of receptivity that yeah. they are sort of taking these just random statements as hypnotic suggestion. Like yeah. you're, 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 you're stupid, you're stupid, you're stupid, or you're, um, why why do you keep messing this up like any of those things that get you shouldn't repeated. have been born yes yeah i wish i didn't have you i mean yeah these, it's yeah even there's... even like little things even the just you know you're different in some way mm-hmm. so hearing those things especially if they're repeated like a kid is literally internalizing that as the truth and so when we get to that adulthood and like recognizing, you know, I, I've always kind of like rolled my eyes at affirmations mm-hmm. and learning about how, like, I mean, I get it, power, energy follows intention. And I get how it could be helpful to say these nice things about ourselves. But I think for me, it never resonated a lot just because I'm like, well, there's still the get the gap between the head and the heart. So I can say it, but it doesn't make it true. Certainly saying it in that more receptive hypnotic state is significant, but, um, noticing how even when like if you think about being in that sort of daydreamy state as sort of a hypnotic state all the time that we're doing that self-talk that negative self-talk and like man we are reinforcing these terrible ideas about ourselves all the time right we were joking about saying things like oh i'm so bad with money i mean that's self-talk yeah yeah. And like, I always knew negative self-talk is like not great, but to think of it as like, every time you say it, you're reinforcing, you're repeating a, a hypnotic suggestion. Yeah. Like, I don't want to hypnotize myself to believe that I'm bad with money. Right. So it's pretty intense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And so one of the things that, you know, I, I, I just, first of all, I love that there's like an MD here. That's so cool. <laughs> um, but you're not like just any, right. Reg- you're not a regular doctor. You're a cool doctor, right? <laughs> Thanks. Like, um, you've been to Burning Man how many times? <laughs> <laughs> a few. Yeah, a few. <laughs> so, um, that to me is just really awesome because obviously like you said, oh yeah, functional medicine, like just go to the website and you'll search for somebody. I haven't done it yet since you suggested that. And I will. But I guarantee that, you know, my hometown of Texas probably has zero, or hometown in Texas probably has zero, and just in general, like Tennessee, Texas, in the South, uh, we're not we're not looking as good as you guys are in, like, Seattle or California, where you are now. Yeah, well, it, it's, you'd be surprised. Though. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's true. I should definitely look around more. But, um, so I know that intuition is one of your big interests right now 
and and you even did a training in that and you're like writing a book on it or which, subconscious access yeah, yeah. subconscious <laughs> access because this is how we access the intuition or how would you phrase that how would i phrase that well subconscious access i'm thinking about my own subconscious like mm-hmm. the work we're doing with hypnotherapy yeah right and i think um we can access our own intuition about ourselves but and I don't pretend to know how this works I've just witnessed it many times is when we both access our subconscious somehow there's a connection between the two so call it what you collective unconscious or um, something like this um, but yeah with the, so think about that with intuition how can I know things about you Right? How can I tap into your unconscious or subconscious mm-hmm. stuff? And that's intuition. What if I don't want you to? Right. Well, <laughs> there is that's some controversy oh, actually. Yeah. You consent. Know? Do I give permission and consent? Yeah. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Because uh, I've definitely talked with people, and and I'll be curious to get your your thoughts on this. Like that. That to me almost rings of like the telepathy kind of thing and so first of all is like what do you even think about that but I know that there are some people who have said to me like I had this telepathic connection with somebody and then I didn't want them in anymore and they kept intruding and so I I mean like old me science brain skeptical me is like this is a bunch of bullshit and um you're you're just interpreting something as that and it's just you know coincidence or whatever but i i mean with getting into this more of this work i'm like well you know who am i to say like we don't know so, i mean yeah, there's research your, out there is there really yes. on telepathy uh well okay there's a lot of remote viewing yeah and i'm, I'm not an expert in all the research yeah, yeah. out there but i know like um have you ever heard of IONS, Institute of Noetic Sciences? Ah, uh, I've heard, yes, I have, California. but I don't know much about them. And they do a lot of, the, it's research on things <laughs> that are difficult to yeah. research. Uh-huh. Um, and so precognition and um, remote viewing, and they, you know, there's... Wow. So if you're, you know, here in you know, Seattle area and you're describing a room in thailand and yeah. someone's there verifying it i mean they they do verification oh yes They've... the government See, has done these studies oh my god yes. this makes me think of is this like um remember that men who stare at goats did you ever see that no. movie it was george clooney and gosh i'm gonna forget a killer cast and it was um came out maybe a decade ago or less and it was like the the CIA had this like group of of specialists who like that was their job. I'm oh, I'm gonna yeah. have to put it in the show notes because I can't remember the plot. But like basically, it was that they had these sort of like mental superpowers, and it was a government funded thing, and it was based on this true story. But I di- I literally did not. I mean, I I've heard of the ions, I guess, but I I don't even remember in what context, and I did not know that there was like verified, you know, even just anecdotal like this person was here like there's other people who saw this happen and that there's no way that they could have known whatever and because I feel like that's the kind of thing that people are always saying like well none of you know this like whatever kind of quote magical or supernatural phenomenon this is not real because it would have been 
validated or verified by science. And you're telling yeah. me, like, oh, but it is. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my mind is a little blown right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Oh, that's that's crazy. the point of this podcast. It is. So, I know. I'm sure I've got people listening who are, like, Googling these research. I'll, I'll, I'll have to make sure to put a, a link to at least one of the studies. But, man, that is... Wow. So I, I shouldn't just kind of like nod and be like, uh-huh, yeah, that's neat. Yeah. <laughs> when someone tells me that they have a telepathic connection. Oh, man. Yeah. That's... And it makes me wonder, like, if to what degree... We, you have to believe in that. I don't know. Maybe there... I think there are definitely some people who maybe are just such an open, intuitive channel that this quote, gift or curse, whatever they might think of it at the time, comes into their life and it just freaks them the hell out. Or their family maybe, like, knows what to do with that. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're telepathic. I got it. But if most people don't believe in it, how could they ever, like, harvest that Well, okay. So everyone has this ability. Some people just are more naturally gifted. Everyone can develop these abilities. Right. And that's what you hear about, like, intuition and what what some people refer to as, like, psychic abilities, that we all have it, but some people... Yeah, it's just a tool. Yeah. You practice it, you get better at it. So in your book, I know you were saying that you were going to, like, talk about some, like, sort of tangible things that people can do, people who maybe don't have time to, like, read, like, 80 studies from IONS or all of this stuff and tangible things that people can try. So um, are you going to be, like, talking about how to... So the book is more for the individual, right, to access their own subconscious. So not it doesn't necessarily get into intuition or accessing other people's information mm-hmm. that'll Although, be book two yeah maybe book two <laughs> or book two might be about um physical the physical symptoms and their connection yeah. to um subconscious mm-hmm. uh, work but maybe maybe it's book two yeah um, <laughs> but yes and you know really um working with practical tools like um, using the body, physical mm-hmm. symptoms in the body, and tapping into those. Um, automatic writing. What's automatic writing? So, and you could call this uh, clear audience, really, mm. um, but kind of getting into a meditative state. Some would argue you don't have to, but writing without stopping mm-hmm. and here I am on the table. Yeah. <laughs> um, writing without stopping, without thinking, without getting into the conscious mind. Mm -hmm. And so you could, I always think, well, so I have sort of four guidelines that I use for subconscious access. Intention, Mm -hmm. you're giving the subconscious um, the question that you want to be answered, right? So um, intention, uh, stillness, which is really... You don't have to have it, but it helps to yeah. get into that meditative state. Um, maybe not completely trance state, but at least quieting that conscious mind. Mm-hmm. Um, being open to whatever comes, non-judgmental, and then trusting the information. Yeah. And I think all of those, every single one of those is important yeah. when you're getting into uh, subconscious information. Yeah. Huh. That is neat. It's It's like being able to put yourself in a sort of hypnotic or somewhat similar state and, and like push the record button on your own stream of consciousness kind of. You mean for the writing? Yeah. Like just to see what shows up there. See what shows up. So, Mm -hmm. so 
as you know, as we've been working on in mm-hmm. our class, the subconscious, it's there's so much more there than there is in our conscious mind, right? Yeah, it's we just the image of the what is that thing? An iceberg, iceberg with yeah, yeah. 10% is the conscious mind above the water. That's right. So th- we've got this vast amount of information in our subconscious, but most of the time we're oblivious to it. Yeah. And so if we can access some of that knowledge, I mean my favorite like stupid example, but it's just I think it's great. You know, people, oh, where are my keys? I lost my keys. Panicking, you know, asking everyone, where did my keys go? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you know where your subconscious knows who was there. <laughs> who was there when you lost your keys? God, you know? I guess it was me. Right? And so, like, that's just a dumb example. But you could think of lots of examples like that. Yeah. You were present. You were present with all those experiences in your life. Huh. You know it's yeah. in your best interest. And right. so, but I, I think people don't know how to access that information or yeah. trust it or, um, you know, we listen right. to um, whether it's, you know, authority figures from our um, upbringing or society. We listen to a lot of other information and mm-hmm. not our own true wisdom from our subconscious and so Mm -hmm. if the more we can access that information and know what it is we truly believe and um can use that you know can access that information to make decisions in our life yeah i just think um that would help people yeah and it's unfortunate that like the the time and age and i i don't know i think back to like what I read about in some of the stories and of indigenous cultures and um, spirituality that honors, you know, the feminine as much as the masculine, yeah. all of those, like, I have to imagine that maybe it wasn't to this extent and forever, but right now it's like, feels like we have to spend like a significant chunk of our adult life deprogramming all the things that we program so that we can just learn to use our minds yeah. so that we can even have a shot at using anything other than that 10% because we're not taught to. Right. Right. Indigenous cultures had mm-hmm. rituals and, um, uh, you know, vision quests and shaman journeys and these things that brought people into their subconscious and, and, able to access that wisdom yeah which we don't know how to do right there's actually it's funny because um there's this chick who good chick this woman um just lively she has a podcast called the lively show and and she got really big over the past few years now she's like taking a break but she went from talking about like general sort of like self-helpy kind of stuff to getting like super obsessed with consciousness but going like down deep down the like Esther Hicks or um you know Abraham Hicks yeah. like rabbit hole yeah. but she she has this thing now called C school that was like a live event in Sydney and now she's going to be launching an online program because she's one thing that she is really good at is distilling these like complex topics and she basically has had the financial resources through her online programs and stuff that she's taken the last like 2 years of her life and just like full-time studied consciousness wow. so she's distilling all that information for like normal people and and helping them try to use you know beyond the 10 percent of their brains but on the whole i don't hear a lot of talk about how 
how any of this work is like to benefit all of us mm-hmm. i don't know it's like people always want to go back to that like oh but if you're your highest self then you'll be and like yeah but you also have to be intentional like when i go through lists of values with people and when i sort of looked at that myself for the first time and i'm like you know compassion fairness and justice yeah very important but then there were points in my life where i would ask myself like but am i doing much for Mm -hmm. this and the answer was no because i have to be very intentional i'm not my life doesn't just include that naturally unless i am intentional about it so i don't know so i'm kind of turned off by any personal development stuff that doesn't make that kind of social consciousness a big part of the picture Mm -hmm. anyway that's a little tangent but (laughs) (laughs) i got my important. yeah yeah Yeah. and and not to put you on the spot with that i know we were talking a little bit about because um i will probably mention this in your bio in the intro but that part of the work that you do is in a prison and that you don't exactly get to you know go in there and teach them about consciousness which would be cool yeah but um So I guess two pieces to that, and we can kind of go all over the place um, with it, is sort of telling us a little bit about your work in the prison and also, like, beyond that, or whether it's including that or beyond that, like, how do you see your own sort of development of your subconscious as something that helps (laughs) helps the world be a better place? Right. Yeah. Um, Well, in the prison, I do regular conventional doctoring stuff mm-hmm. so no not doing right because that's what they want you need you to do and yep. then you don't want to get kicked out that's <laughs> right it's a job um but you know i will say i've had some amazing experiences talking to prisoners and um connecting with them on a human level and i i just think they don't get that a lot, you mm-hmm. know, and they'll really open up to you. And I've had, um, I think they rec- they really, um, they see that. They see that you see their humanity and their, and have compassion for them. Mm-hmm. And it, it um, yeah, I've had some sort of magical mm-hmm. um, conversations or visits with, with patients. And I've noticed, um, I don't always do this, and to be honest, I sometimes, I have a little ritual that I do as I walk into the prison, um, kind of protecting my own energy, because I do think there's a lot of heavy, you know, major trauma, not just that they've put on others, but that they've experienced themselves, and there's a real heaviness of the energy in there, Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of trauma. Um, Mm So I mostly protect myself, and I don't go deep with mm. um, with uh, patients that often. But I've found myself over the years, um, you know, maybe I've just come from some big heart-opening workshop or something, and I'm in a more kind of open, heart-centered place, and then you see them from that place. Mm-hmm. Man, I've seen... I remember, I remember seeing this guy, and he was there for his joint pain, and he was just talking about his joint pain. But I was so kind of present and in that hard open, open place, and he just started talking about his daughter mm. being killed and 
just went into all this drama from his mm-hmm. life. I didn't even ask him. Yeah. But I think he just felt that love and um, and being witnessed. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I you know, so yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, it's it's really um, cool to get to work with people that I think are not viewed by society as someone worth right yeah <laughs> worth giving the the time and love and attention to yeah right um, to have you know yeah, just to have people whatever they're doing with them to just see them as a person with worth and dignity yeah right so yeah, well, and, and to the second part of the question, is there anything yet, or and it may be just not, not fully formed yet, about, about <laughs> like, how, how does this type of individual work beyond, like, just, like, that kind of trope of, you know, bringing your highest self, and, and naturally, like, you'll just be, the world will become a better place, but, like, how, how do we make this stuff relevant when it comes, comes to, like, justice issues and healing the the trauma of the world, um, collectively. Man. Big question. That is a big question. (laughs) Big question. Not a good question. Um, you mean, how am I planning on doing it? Yeah. I mean, do you have any vision for how that fits into your work or just any thoughts about it? Um, I think, well, I'd say from my perspective, seeing, there is a lot there are a lot of people out there that have chronic pain a lot of people that carry and chronic fatigue and chronic disease that carried a lot of trauma through their life and mm-hmm. it's manifesting in those ways yeah and i think if there were more awareness of that that um and if there was more open-mindedness about that in the medical community. Yeah. I mean, you don't get, I mean, even close to any of this from your traditional medical training. Right. Um, they're starting, there's a little bit of, you know, Center for Mind, Be- Mind Body Medicine mm-hmm. um, does some good work. Um, and they've been, you know, worked with med schools. But... Um, but just to recognize that a lot of these symptoms mm-hmm. that are so prevalent, um, you know, just to know that there's deeper underlying trauma at work there. I think if more people knew about that and knew different avenues to get help, right? you know, think about our, you know, chronic... O- um, opioid addiction and prescription um, drug addictions or um, chronic disease that's not really getting better from conventional medicine mm-hmm. treatments. There's really, um, there's really a lot there that's not, the conventional medicine system is not serving very mm-hmm. well. Yeah, and I mean, being sort of one of the gatekeepers, like, like of somebody who maybe didn't come from a family or a, a background that acknowledged mental health issues or understood mental health issues, understood like the trauma part of mental health. Yeah. That um, if if they're just showing up to their doctor's appointments and it's never being, 
even looked at as a possibility of what's going on, then they're just going to continue to show up appointment after appointment and get limited relief with their symptoms and and also potentially feel stigmatized or misunderstood by their provider. And so I think that there is a lot to that of being able to honor their experience to understand that there's probably more stuff going on than even they might be aware of at the time and be able to point them to resources. Yeah. You know, I worked, a friend of mine um, works at a community health center. Well, I used to work at them too in the past, which is, you know, more service underserved um, population. And she, she works there, but she also does a a acupuncture clinic there. And so Mm -hmm. I went and um, worked with her a couple of weeks ago at the acupuncture clinic and oh my gosh I mean first of all the patients you know had okay their problem list is like 20 things yeah chronic stress chronic pain so many like vast symptomatology right everything hurts and they're on so many prescription drugs and just to put some needles in them and allow them to have that 20 minutes of relaxation Mm -hmm. oh my gosh they were so grateful they felt so good they come back Mm -hmm. um you know just um anyway just to just to to give to give what you can and to offer what you can i mean acupuncture puts people in that parasympathetic um, nervous system place of relaxation and um just to allow them to, to experience that when mm-hmm. they don't they don't get that really right they're living in a life of chronic stress yeah um, yeah then you mentioned when you t- talked about your friend and you having worked in in the what did you say community health center or, yeah yeah um that that made me think about how I think every person has to find the place that serves them in terms of like how how am I going to be a part of the bigger solution? Yeah, because I'm thinking about like what you're moving toward. Like, yeah, you're still in the prison, but you're also building your own practice. You're working on your book, and like, frankly, I imagine I don't know if maybe you always want to stay in the prison, but maybe not. You know, maybe you right. want to be working for yourself. <laughs> and and I know for me that um, you know I I'm not taking insurance right now, right. which is like. Some people could say that's like really not very social justicey, um, but one which is you know a term. It's definitely yes, a definitely. clinical term. Yes, but, um, but yeah, I I feel like it does working for myself does give me the flexibility and gives me the bandwidth because if I can support myself in a way where you know I'm doing the bulk of my work work and like. 20 ish plus, you know, more with emails and stuff, but let's say like, you know, 20 hours a week or whatever, 25, 30 hours a week. And instead of, and and doing it in a way that feels really like nurturing for me too, instead of getting burned out, working in a community mental health place, working, you know, 50 hour weeks or whatever, and barely being able to pay my own bills. Now I am more engaged since I've been working for myself. I'm more engaged with, um, like community organizing organizations. I'm more engaged with like, I'm now being able to have the time and mental like bandwidth to be able to go and do yoga in in these different places like the jail and um, other nonprofit places. And 
So, and, and that I have money that I'm like, actually, oh my God, for the first time in my adult life, I'm like actually writing checks to these organizations that I believe in. And they might not be huge checks yet, but like that just to, you know, encourage that there are, there are a number of ways to sort of plug into that. And each person just has to find what works for them. Yeah. I mean, it's a very good question. And it's something I've struggled with. Cause I, I mean, that's the reason I went into medicine was mm-hmm. to serve more underserved population and then I worked in the community health center and burnt out and then needed a nine-month sabbatical to travel yeah (laughs) and you know and really was maybe I think depressed you know yeah probably um, tired and just totally overworked parasympathetic shock something like this yeah (laughs) I just remember being so miserable and feeling um, like this is not sustainable and yeah. yet I felt guilty about leaving too you know guilty about not working with that population mm-hmm. but you do need to self give yourself self-care or you or you will burn out and you yeah. can't continue to do good work and so yeah. but finding that balance I know my my practice is cash pay and mm-hmm. um and I struggle with that too yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah it's just it is that encouragement to find that even even if that's what you want to support a lifestyle that feels good, that there's still so many different ways that we can yeah, plug in. right, absolutely. So, um, so going back to, like, some of the different places where maybe conventional or, or symptoms might show up that conventional medicine may not be able to diagnose correctly or whatever, adequately, um, I was thinking about the chakra kind of stuff that we were looking at earlier. Yeah. And I, I know you were saying like, sometimes these like gland issues with the different chakras, like sometimes they might line up, sometimes not. And right. Like, I don't know, think it's a, yeah. always an exact, exactly. Um, uh, exactly thing, but yeah, there, but it's interesting to think about. We, mm-hmm. So we watched in our class a video about a woman who had, she developed um, rheumatoid arthritis, which is an autoimmune condition. And, you know, there is some, there is the idea, okay, so it's actually the body's turning against itself. Mm. The, your own immune system is fighting against you, mm. right? And so the fact that it turned out what her issue that was found out in the hypnotherapy session was she was angry at herself. Mm. And so it was this big release of... Um, and it just was interesting that yeah. that's how it lined up, that Absolutely. here she has autoimmune disease and her big issue was the self, um, hatred, really. yeah. yeah. And, uh, so anyway. Right. And then we found out after the video that, um, that apparently this woman, her, her symptoms and whatever they call the measure of the RA in the body. I don't know what that test is called. Yeah. Right. But um, that, that went, went like 80% down. Yeah. Which is crazy. So just from that session. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we were talking about, so in the class, there's a, um, uh, handout that shows the chakras and then what disease states um, injuries at those levels, developmental injuries at those levels might bring up in the body. And um, I was saying, you know, some of them relate. I think it's more, um, I don't know, like if you, I've known people and we have a, there's a speech therapist in our class 
um, we were talking about this, that I've known people and, and have had patients with throat issues, difficulty swallowing. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think every one of them has um, something that they're holding right. back or difficulty um, speaking their truth or has had some issue with mm-hmm. um, um, expression from their subconscious, but maybe, you know, I mean, there yeah. is the, that is the throat chakra there. Right. It's just, I think as a therapist, it would be interesting to explore that. Yeah, definitely. So to just be aware of what those potential correlations might be. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else I was going to ask you related to that and sure. it went out of my head, but <laughs> so I always think, and this is one of the questions that I have in my little questionnaire that it's really telling, like, what are the stories that people get really interested in? Mm-hmm. And so whatever, like, fiction or, or nonfiction, books, movies, TV shows, like, what are the things that either just, <laughs> like, light you up or that have been really significant oh, or meaningful, man. even if it's just so one? So bad at, see, we've been entranced. I know. Well, it's... Uh, my brain. Seriously, it's, <laughs> you ask someone to name their favorite movie and then they're like, what's a movie? I forget all movies right now. <laughs> um something just that I enjoy or yeah. that like that I mean it could be either one because I think to? what people enjoy speaks a lot to who they are but um or it could be Books? something that's been impactful book a, a movie a show whatever I can't, I so can Allison is just sitting around reading medical books all day <laughs> I, long no okay fiction book um <laughs> probably that I enjoyed the most recently. It's heavy, though, but A Little Life. <gasps> That's what it's called, A Little Life? Yes. I haven't heard of it. Oh, my God. Give us the so, little Goodreads oh, synopsis. It's, so, <laughs> it's hard. It's not yeah. for everyone. I, it's funny. I've recommended it, and people And then like, you keep telling people it's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've had people come back to oh, me like, nice. why did you tell me to read that book? <laughs> it just follows four friends, and there's just a lot of trauma. But uh-huh. it's just beautiful. It's it's heartbreakingly beautiful yeah. is what it is yeah. i like um i guess i like stuff with emotion in it hey um what else do you want to know <laughs> you're like other again. books i'm reading um are you into tv much yes but what you're too I, busy what have i been so we're watching both, lately I'm we established out. we're both sevens on the enneagram so you've yes. got your hands on a lot of different things and i like historical yeah. fiction i tend cool. to what was i watching recently um, Ripper Street. I don't yeah. know. It's like cops in the oh, in Victorian that. times. <laughs> oh, we were talking about Outlander earlier. Oh, yeah. Well, Have you read the books or just watched the show? A uh, little of both. Me too, a little of both. Yeah. yeah. How could you not like it's Outlander? It's so good. Who doesn't like Outlander? Yeah. Um, it is good. I love yeah historical fiction. Awesome. And you said you went to Ireland and, and Scotland, Scotland last couple, year? A couple, couple years ago. 2015. Did you feel at like do you feel like drawn to that place or like to that part of your, I your heritage? even met some relatives when That's I was awesome. there. Yeah. I did a little bit of genealogy yeah. and, cool. um, and ended up meeting, meeting some relatives. My grandfather's first cousin. Cool. Yes. That's Literally awesome. like, you know what the, um, the deeds, like the, the, the land records uh-huh. from the 1800s. I think in every, family member that I tracked down there is someone still from that family living there yeah it's 
like people don't move that much. That so. is crazy. I know. So wow. I literally was walking it wasn't down that hard. the street. <laughs> I know. And then I met this guy, and he's like, "Oh, you're looking for so and so? Yeah, he lives over there." And I knocked on How the door. How funny! Yeah, it, was it cool. seems like. Does it? Because I told you I'm hoping to go next year. Um, but I don't know. I only know from the picture books. But does it feel like a different time? Because it sounds like when you describe that, I'm like, yeah. oh, that's like the olden days. <laughs> well, I mean, the area of Ireland I was in, a lot of people still speak Gaelic and oh, the signs cool. are in Gaelic. And yeah. So, yeah, it's a different oh, time. All right. So magical. <laughs> it is Outlander. It's real when you're going to time travel. I know. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, a that's a great show. I mean, I always uh, I feel like most people have heard of it by now, but if not, I'll just plug it because <laughs> it's um, also as somebody who like is I'm really into that whole time period. Yeah, me but too. I cannot do like the Game of Thrones. I just no, it was too brutal for me. I eventually like I I tried it. I watched a few seasons and eventually eventually I gave up because I was like, there's the I get that I like that we show people as they really are like nobody's all good and nobody's all bad but if the if the scales of like corruption versus like any base level of humanity if the scales are way too off balance i just can't take it so in a, in a fictional show i mean in real life too but in a fictional show i'm like why am i no why am i watching this it's just devastating yeah it's so, also actually fiction uh, well, it's not yeah. really historical fiction. I know, I know. <laughs> I like things based off. Some yeah, yeah. Hist- okay, I don't know. so I'm you kind of a history right. Geek. Well, Outlander's obviously historical fiction because time travel is real. No, no but they kidding. actually they talk about right. real events. They totally do. Yeah. Know? So and it's yeah right because you're not into sci-fi fantasy not stuff really. as much as me. <laughs> but yeah, so a Game of Thrones I had to give up on. But so I tell people if you like Game of Thrones, but you like to have like perhaps a strong female protagonist. And perhaps she's a medical doctor. Right. <laughs> um, and you like the most beautiful scenery in the world. And maybe a little dash of sci-fi in there, too, for good measure. But, yeah, it's just phenomenal. The books are, are also written by a woman. Um, yes. and, and the series are both, both excellent. Highly recommend. Yeah. So. Man, movies. I, if we started talking about them, I'd probably come up with all... Times, yeah, I've talked about is... with one person, um, we talked for a while about Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind, and oh. I just love movies that, in general, like, bend some kind of law of, I mean, Outlander does too, so yeah. it's, but it's not pure, it's not, like, all sci-fi. Right. So I like it where it's sort of like, this is sort of like normal life, but we're going to bend this one thing. Yeah. Which I is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, I did just watch Twin Peaks, the whole Twin oh, Peaks yeah. series. Because <laughs> I had never, I somehow never watched it yeah. back in the time. That's yeah. a little, like, it's a lot of bending, actually, David Lynch. Yeah, he's a he, special he bind. <laughs> yes, he's a special mind. Yeah, which makes yeah. me think about, I don't think we've talked about this. Um, so David Lynch, there's the David Lynch Foundation, oh. right? Which is um, a TM thing. And so that's oh, TM's, okay. like organization through which they will go into like underprivileged schools oh, and wow. jails and like all these places to teach TM. Um, That's David Lynch's foundation? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think it's, I don't know how much of it is like just him versus like he probably just like gave or gives a bunch of money and so it's like named after him. But I think yeah. it might have been his idea too. I don't know. Anyway, I'll put the link in the show notes. But um, 
Yeah, so TM is something that I've always been sort of like fascinated by, and I did a little intro talk recently, and so now I'm just like, ooh, am I going to like bite off the money to do the like four-day training? And like just hearing them describe it, they're like, oh, it's so simple, but we can't tell you what it is, not because we're trying to keep it a secret, but because it's so experiential, we just couldn't tell you. You have Mm. to experience it. Mm -hmm. To me, it sounds kind of like trance state, so I'm like, I don't know how much different it's really going to be. They're the same mantras over, over. Right. Yeah. yeah, they give you a personalized mantra, which is like a sound, I guess. But So I don't know. I might do it, but I didn't know if you had ever done that. The only thing, I, I have a friend who grew up in a community. Oh, wow. There's a community in the middle of Iowa, huh. I guess. That's and his parents were both really into it, and um, he, he didn't say negative things about mm-hmm. it. He just, you know, it was... Um, and he, the, the whole community is like based on TM. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, wow. There's a lot I don't know that's out there. <laughs> that's for there sure. Really is. <laughs> Even in a, in our own strange little country. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I. Is there anything else that you're just excited about right now? Um, all of those things that we talked about. When is your, what is your next step with your book? I kind of know, but tell her, tell her peeps. Oh, yeah. Um, well, I've written a lot. I just need to organize it. So I'm just going to go to France and take some time out. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. Yeah. Are you going to be in like a little villa by yourself? No, I mean, I had this place to stay that my friend is friend of a friend and then it didn't work out. So I'm like, well, I'm still going to go. But, um, no, I think just stay at Airbnbs and. Cool. In small, quiet towns, so I don't have a lot of distractions. Mm-hmm. We'll see how it goes. I'm usually, um, I usually try and do as much as I can when I oh, travel. Yeah. 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 Seven. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. So you just need to hold up and yeah, do your writing. Yeah, try and hold up more than usual. Yeah. And, um, and yeah. Cool. I'm excited. Yeah. And you're... Didn't you say earlier you grew up Catholic? Yeah. Right? So how did you make that jump from Catholic to, which is the Krista Tippett question one. So I'm just like sticking it here. But. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it wasn't a jump. It was probably more a gradual. A mosey. Mosey. Yeah. Um, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. I mean, my, um, my parents are still Catholic. I, I did grow up with a strong sense of spirituality. Mm-hmm. I just sort of lost the religious aspect along the way and then I didn't really practice anything for a while and then I just found myself getting deep into spiritual things that were very different from the way I grew up yeah so I think I've been very spiritual all along yeah um it's come out a lot more as I've learned expanded your mind expanded gotten more into the metaphysical yeah and is your family pretty, like, open to that or supportive of that, or do they get kind of weirded out by it? No, they're certainly not weirded good. out. I think they're pretty, pretty open-minded. Cool. Yeah. Good. Um, and then tarot, I know that I mentioned that yeah. you were my tar- tarot <laughs> card mother. Yeah. Um, what, you said, it's been a couple years that you've been reading, and two, what is sort yeah. of, what do you view as sort of, like, the primary reason like why do you do it why do you keep showing up I mean, to the cards well 
as I said, my interest is subconscious access. Mm -hmm. Tarot is another vehicle for subconscious access. Yeah. Um, there's a, especially the traditional Rider Waite cards. They were made in the late 1800s. There's so every single thing in there means something. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of symbols, and the subconscious speaks in, met in symbols and metaphor. And those cards, I think they they bring um, out significance for the person that's being read for. Um, there's a lot there, mm -hmm. and they're they're such archetypal um, concepts. Mm -hmm. And they, I think they, they speak to us in a subconscious way. And so I use them personally for personal growth and, mm -hmm. and knowledge and awareness. And I, that's what I, when I read for other people, I yeah. help them with that as well. Cool. And it yeah. has been so neat, like doing these first readings for other people, you included. Yeah. Just because like when I'm reading something for myself, of course, I can just tell myself, like, oh, well, you know, of course I'm interpreting this card this way because I know myself or I know what my day in front of, in store, like, sort yeah. of, I know what's sort of going to happen f unless I get totally, you know, blindsided. But, um, but reading for somebody else, especially, like, last night when I did those couple or the night before, um, and people, they were both like, oh, yeah, like, wow, that's so cool or, like, wow, that's definitely accurate or that definitely mirrors what I'm experiencing right it's that's awesome it is it's awesome so cool. I don't I don't think of them as future prediction right. or anything yeah. like that it's really you know you're holding up a mirror mm -hmm. and they're seeing what they want to in the mirror mm -hmm. right and um yeah you're just giving them some information right they're picking up what applies to them and, yeah and I just I look for that sort of growth edge yeah um like, oh, where can I, you know, if the card is, you know, Ten of Swords, yeah. where am I being like a victim or where am I, um, um, you know, feeling like people are against me? Or right. <laughs> well, and like, you know, with 78 cards and a lot of, a fair number of them with some similar or overlapping meanings. Yeah. Like, it's a good chance that you could draw any single one of those cards and there would be something in your life that you could look at right. in relation to that, to that archetype. Um, but you know, without looking at that card and considering that you might not think to yourself to ask yourself that question of where might I be sort of keeping myself victimized. So yeah. it's pretty cool. Yeah. And then you have to ask yourself, why did I get those cards on this particular day? Mm -hmm. Which that's the, like, that's the mystery part that I'm like, I'm not even going to try to answer that. Well, yeah. Maybe yeah. again, sort of some collective unconscious. Yeah. Stuff. Collective unconscious. <laughs> oh man. There's, there's book three. <laughs> I've got your whole thing planned out for you. Are you including dreams in this book? Oh, one of my kind of joke titles of the book is beyond drugs and dreams. <laughs> But maybe that should just become uh, the time. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Because that's what people think. Subconscious. Oh, right. dreams. Right. Oh, you know, then Michael Pollan's book. Of right. course, everyone's talking about drugs. Is yeah. the perfect vehicle for subconscious access? Mm -hmm. But there are other ways. Right. There are. Yes. There are. Maybe Beyond even easier ways. Yeah. More accessible. More accessible. Yeah. I mean, dreams... Unless you go in to your sleep with a clear intention mm. and you wake up, 
you remember your intention. Sometimes you can get the information. Grab bits and pieces, it feels like. Yeah. Well, if you set an intention okay. before you go to sleep, this is what I, I let me remember the that. important parts mm-hmm. and what, you know, what do I want my dreams? What information do I want my dreams to give me? Your mm-hmm. subconscious will work with you. Yeah. But generally, it's a hodgepodge of, you know, your events of the day and things you're processing and... So you have to, they can work mm-hmm. in that way, but it's not always, and you have to kind of direct it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm, at some point I'll bring on somebody to talk all about dreams because I'm like one of those, I'm fascinated by it, but I also just sort of like play on the, in the shallow end. I'm like, oh, every now and then I'll write down a dream and like yeah. do a little interpretation. I think what fascinates me the most about it, even even more so than like, what can I learn by interpreting them? It's just the fact that we spend so much of our lives there. It's yeah. almost like this alternate life that we all are living that changes. And oh, But it's, again, think yeah. about how much of the brain is the subconscious. Right. And so... There's a lot there. There's a lot there. So try that I experiment want the, that I just told you. I will. And I want us to like go into sci-fi land where we have machines that can like record the video of our dreams that would just be about the coolest thing ever wait i did hear that there was some no there's virtual reality yes what there was how is it in japan i can't i wish i could remember yeah we'll we'll have to look that up we'll have to look it it up something like that Mm -hmm. if we find a link i'll put it in the notes (laughs) um cool so i think that was really all i wanted to get to anything yeah. else for you um no that's it cool i'm excited about the book and hopefully yeah. also gonna do some workshops in Yay. subconscious access as well oh do some fun will... experiential stuff so i'll be coming to one of your workshops oh, someday excellent i will show up <laughs> <laughs> um so allison what is the fucking point <laughs> oh man what is the fucking point? Just like sit with it. Yeah. Breathe into I just the question. Say, it's it's all about love. Mm-hmm. Is that too? No. I mean, I think <laughs> it's true. I, not that everyone needs to give that answer, but that's I well, certainly think. I that's will true. say, you know, to get in the trance state, there's the trance state or meditative state, which gets you kind of in your own center, your own, um, out of your conscious mind, but then focusing on love and unconditional love and focusing on your heart chakra and you get when you get into that i'm connected to everyone mm, and everything the that oneness state i mean magic happens yeah that's where the magic happens yeah all right so go get transcendent everybody <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. where can people find you online uh alisondeversmd.com Cool. So that'll be in the notes. And thank you so much yeah, for humoring me and coming and sitting fun. in this office and recording this. It's great. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. You can find past episodes and show notes at wonderwelltherapy.com slash podcast. We'll take you to the place to find all of that good stuff. If you're looking for links or resources or anything else related to the show, Also, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, it helps more people find out about the show. That's bit.ly slash WTFP review. I'll see you next time. And until then, keep asking those big questions.